Today's gospel is again from Mark chapter 1. It continues on the heels of the events from last week where Jesus cast out the unclean spirit in the middle of the synagogue after preaching with authority. So now they have left worship and we see what happens next. This is the basis for the sermon today. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear people of God, are you feeling strong today? Are you getting at it in life? Do you have energy for the task at hand? Do you feel like there's some creativity and opportunities that are in front of you? It's so easy for all the other thoughts to be in your head. It's so easy for life to be overwhelming and too much and you have that um, what do people sometimes describe it's like you you push one wall up and then you have all the other ones fall down and then you just move to the next wall and you're just always trying to keep something together while it all crumbles around behind you does god know about this like hello we're just a bunch of wall pushers over here does god know about this when we pray to God, I don't think any of us ever finds that we don't have anything to pray about or to pray for. We recognize the things that are, are weak, uh, troublesome, problematic, um, anxious, filling, you know, the, the challenges of life that are a day-to-day -day thing. And so we can pour out our hearts to God. But that is, the, that is really the answer. And it's the only answer we're going to end up with today is how do you learn this sort of resilient look at life? How do you learn a prayer that is always answered by God? How do you learn that on your hands and knees isn't such a bad place to be after all? What is it? What is it that God would bring this little fish hook into our life and, and help us look at weakness as something, as a strength.
It has everything to do with him. Go back to the song with me today. The Lord is kind and merciful. The Lord is kind and merciful. You could say it again and again and again. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is like a psalm writer looking himself in the mirror, saying, when are we going to learn this? When am I going to learn this? I'm sitting here pulling my hair out about all these things falling apart around me, my like day-to-day fall apartness, that is, life under the sun. When am I going to learn? Bless the Lord. Would, would you praise him? Like, open your eyes. Would you praise him? That's what bless the Lord is. Like, we're not giving God something that makes him better, like a blessing. But bless the Lord, oh my soul, is saying, praise him. Give thanks to him. He, he, what did we say? He heals all your diseases. He remembers all your ills. Uh, He's made known his kindness to us. These psalm writers are just coaching. They're just helping us to learn what we get to learn from today. Fishhook kind of strength upstream kind of strength. So when we look at today's gospel, it's really exciting because um, we maybe should have piggybacked this service right after the end of last service so that we could continue the story that happened last week because it's like bang, 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 right? And so we can take what happened last Sunday in the preaching of authority that Jesus did in the synagogue and then he cast out an unclean spirit and everybody's jaws dropped to the floor and right after that, they leave. And this is where we're going to start. So in our, in our time together today, we're going to split it into two days. We're going to finish our Sabbath day with Jesus. And then Mark's gospel, Mark takes us to the Jesus who wakes up before anybody else does the next morning and day two. And we're going to see a Jesus who answers our prayers with a yes. And we see a Jesus who sometimes answers our prayers with I have something better in mind. In every case, you always have a Jesus. You always have a Jesus who's paying attention. You always have a Jesus who cares. You always have a Jesus who's powerful and loving and fully present in your life. And that we can build on for strength. So first, let's look at the Jesus who answers prayers with a yes. Out of that synagogue they went, he was going with James and John, and they went to the home of Simon and Andrew, right? And I don't know if if you're like me, which you are, (laughs) we think about our lives and what could be better about them. And if I just saw Jesus cast out an unclean spirit, I might want to ask him about my sore shoulder. I don't know about you, but if he can do that, to an unclean spirit, then maybe he can take care of my sore right shoulder. Or maybe you have something. I was at a conference once where the speaker began the presentation by saying, I'd like you all to pair up and take a minute, talk to your neighbor about a prayer request that you said that he could pray for you about this in the next week. And so he gave us like five minutes and everybody's gabbing with a friend about something they could pray about. Uh, for that person the next week, your, your neighbor, would you pray about this for me? And so you're being a little transparent, right? And honest, a little vulnerable and weak as you're sharing something going on that is prayable, prayworthy, prayer, take it to the Lord. And then the speaker came back and he says, did anybody have a problem 
coming up with something for your prayer request. And this is a room filled with people who are at this seminar to be counselors. Like we were there to learn how to help and aid and stand by the side of someone who was in distress and to connect with them and be a listener. We were there for that kind of a presentation and every single one of the counselors had just revealed that they had something they wanted to talk about was on their heart. They had a prayer request. And I guarantee if I would have started my sermon this morning with talk to somebody nearby about a prayer request for this next week that you would have had something roll right off the tongue. So they get inside the walls of Simon and Andrew's house and, well, if Jesus can drive out an unclean spirit, and what about my prayer request today? Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a fever. And immediately, they brought it to Jesus' attention. This was a no-brainer prayer request. You can do the unclean spirit thing. How about this burning fever and the mother-in-law? Wouldn't that be great? And so they bring their prayer request to Jesus, and Jesus goes, and he takes her hand, and he picks her up, and the fever left, the fever left her. And then she got up, and as she was walking around and has no fever, she waited on them. This is not a Jesus who says, uh, sorry, my power is piecemeal. Like, I can look the devil in the eye, but I really stink at COVID. I have no help with certain cancers, no help with certain sicknesses, can't go there. No, it's a Jesus who stepped in and says, you're right with that prayer request. I am someone who cares about every last item on your prayer request, every last bothersome thought that you have because of sin and its trouble in your life, every last one of them I am concerned about, and it only takes my touch. I could take it all away. That's your God who can say yes to that prayer, just grab your hand, and the fever left her. Now, if there's one thing about this part of the story that really threw me off this week, it was the fact that when she got up and she began to wait on them, I thought of all the times I used the yes answers to prayers of God in my life not to serve. It just, where does it come from that God would say yes? You don't think about the yeses that much. I don't think about the yeses that much because we're so uh, trained in our experiences that we have to give attention to problems. We have to give attention to the day two stuff where, he's, where I have a list today and I'm not thinking about what's already been healed. Can we talk about what's already been healed? Can we talk about the blessings that you have pouring out from the hands of God in your life? And when I do that, and I see myself get up on my own feet with rest and sleep and health and clothes and shelter and safety and protection and fellow believers who love me and the opportunity to gather around his word and the forgiveness of my sins and eternal life and the love of God, I got a really long list of healed in me. And yet, have I said thanks? It's a, and how have I, how have I said thanks? Did I, I take all these things for granted? And if I really try to find myself, as you do, in Scripture, 
and with the characters that are in it, and I see Peter's mother-in-law get up to serve. She doesn't get up for herself. She gets up to serve. Where, where is she? Where does that come from? If it's not gratitude, and that this isn't about me, that what I have been given, I have been given to bless. I have been given to serve. I have been given in thanksgiving to a God who enabled and facilitated what I do have going, the walls that are standing in my life. I, I recognize that and I want to use that as an opportunity to serve. That comes from a person who understands that there is no health of body or mind or soul that you deserve. That every fever that is not with me, that every bit of eyesight I do have and mental capacity I can use, the two hands and two feet and a life filled with blessings around me are not to be taken for granted but are to sing a song of praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, look yourself in the mirror, forget not all his benefits. I don't want to forget all your benefits. That's where my heart goes. Jesus needs to heal that too. Needs to heal the heart that doesn't remember to, to say thanks. Jesus needs to step into our lives and needs to touch us with something other than physical blessings. And that's what day two strength was all about. So there's a lineup of people. They all had their prayer requests knocking on the door. Did you, do you remember that part of the lesson? Let me remind you of it here in the gospel. It said, that evening after the sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. Now, do you see a line of people outside the door? The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He drove out the demons, and he wouldn't let them speak because they knew who he was. After sunset, the Sabbath is over. The day of rest where you're only allowed to walk so many of steps so you can stay in rest mode for your Sabbath day. At sunset, it was considered in Jewish calendar and timekeeping, it's considered a new day. So it's almost like they're all at the front door waiting for the sun to go down. And once the sun has gone down, they're grabbing their sick and ill and demon-possessed friends and they're like, let's go to the guy who drove. He can do something about your shoulder. He can do something about your sickness and your disease. And they make a beeline for Peter's house and the whole town, Mark says, the whole town is right there. Now tell me, is this what Jesus needs to be predominant in people's life? That this is true. If you want to have a strong life, you really need to be at the doorstep of Jesus every single morning with every last problem so that he can touch them all and make them all go away because a problem-free world is a strong world. That's the blessing of life. Is that true? Is that true? No. That puts strength in the world. And strength in the world doesn't exist. That would make an idol. You want to be strong in the world. It's strength in God. And the next morning, after he graciously attends to cares and needs that none of them deserved and set them free 
to lives of service. This group of people in the city that had heard him preach, cast out demons and does all these miracles, he has restored a wonderful norm of built walls for them to build a life around and reflect on the love of Jesus. But then he cuts it off. And we get to day two. And there's a Jesus who leaves. And he leaves to pray. And this, I think, is probably the most wonderful part of the whole story. Jesus goes to pray to be strong in his Father's will. Jesus goes praying for you so that you do not look to God only as one who needs to take care of your laundry list in life, who needs to take care of every last trouble so that because really being strong in the world is my goal here. No, no, Jesus needs to leave. He's got to leave some sicknesses behind. He's got to leave some sicknesses behind so you will learn what it is on your knees to be really strong. So that the devil won't creep into your life and say, oh, you've got another problem. God must hate you. Oh, you've got to tell that part of your story. Make sure you don't tell anybody what just happened, that you just blew it, that you just lost this money, that you just lost this position, that you just lost this respect. Make sure that when things go off, you kind of hide it all in and sugarcoat. You don't want those things. That would be a bad life to be weak. It would be a bad life to be on your knees. This is a Jesus who left town. And he prayed that people wouldn't just show up at the door for another miracle, but that people would know their Savior. That people would be strong whether they're healed or not. That's a Jesus who prays. Peter comes with a prayer request. Isn't it implied? Everyone is looking for you. Imagine if you were part of that everyone. Everybody's back. The next day, the next morning, Jesus had been healing all evening long. Can't you just do it for another few hours? They show up at the door and Jesus is gone. Look into Peter's mother-in-law's eyes as she opens the door to you and she says, sorry, Jesus has moved on to the next town. You're going to shake your fist at God because you're stuck with your weakness? If only we had been here 12 hours ago when Jesus was active and doing healings and now we're 12 hours late. Apparently 12 hours made a difference. Now I'm going to kick myself over 12 hours for the rest of my life because I'm still stuck with my cancer and all those other people were healed of their cancers and now God is with, I don't have God, they have God. Right? You see how this goes? And they're all being, are you going to be torn up about the fact that Peter's mother-in-law is informing you that Jesus is gone? Or are you going to listen to a Jesus who says, I'm going to, I must go to other towns. I need to preach. I need to preach there also. Do you know what you need? You don't need a miracle in your life. You don't need that one thing taken out. That's not what Paul got in his answer either. As Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You looking to me, trusting in me, depending on me, living in my strength as I say it, as I give it, as I plan it, as I rule your life, that 
That's a strong faith. That's what cannot be shaken. So I could be in jail, I can be in a hospital bed, I can be the poorest of the poor, I can be anywhere in life, I can have absolutely nothing that the world has, and I still have my God because he made this day and he made this day for me. That's where Jesus brings people when he says, I'm going to go preach to them. I need to preach to them. So Isaiah, you go tell them for me. These who complain and say, my cause is hidden from God. My way disappeared from his sight. He doesn't care about me anymore. Look at my mess. And a God who says, haven't you heard? I am the everlasting God. What morning did I wake up and not be God? There's not a day, there's not a moment of your life that is not filled to the max with the blessing of God. That's why we say, he always says yes to your prayers, or I have something better. And Jesus' day two, something better, wasn't a miracle in taking it all away. It was a leaving it that you might look to his word, listen to his preaching, and trust in him to be him another day. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus has to go to other towns. He might not be answering your prayers the way you want them to. He might have things that, oh, they're ugly, they're wrong, they're off, they're messy, they're broken. But that doesn't mean God does not love you. That's impossible. So cast your cares on him. Who cares for you? Slam the door in Satan's face and say, Jesus has taught me to be resilient. That he, uh, he, he, left, he left today is in, a, in a good way, in the best way. To me, that he can be God wherever he is and wherever I am. And I am safe in his care. My dear friends in Christ, live with that. Be on your knees once in a while and stay there. Even if you never get to end that prayer and you say it a thousand times, say it a thousand times, but always trusting that my God has this. My God has it in his hand and if it's in his hand, it's in a strong place. And if it's in a strong place, then I'm just fine where I am. And that's true. So may we be at peace and live in the strength of the Lord. May we be a people resilient to all troubles and the earthquakes and shakings of our lives. May we be a people who are stubborn by faith and stick to the strength of our Lord, knowing that's exactly what we get every single day. God grant it. Amen. <laughs>